This is an Our Savior Evangelical Free Church podcast. To learn more, visit osefc.org. It's so good to see you all this morning. People who are in the sanctuary and people who are watching online, it's so good to be with you all. Um, I'm so uh, grateful uh, for the uh, work here in this church, and I've been uh, so blessed by being a member of this church for almost four years now. So I came in fall 2017, and I've been pursuing Doctor of Ministry at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and then I recently graduated from it, and then I started another degree, as Pastor Adam said. People ask me, why are you doing so many degrees? I would say I'm not that smart as people think. (laughs) That's why I'm trying to get smarter. It's such a joy to be part of this church, Um, especially uh, the thing that I very much like about this church is our church is a very missional church, and it is um, part of the global church, and it is uh, supporting missionaries around the globe, and I'm so um, happy to be in this church, and I'm so blessed by that. Uh, Without further ado, let us um, uh, go into the word of the Lord. Uh, Today, I would like to bring a message from uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. On the next day, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of God, uh, worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up, uh, they stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. So mission of the God's people is to partake in the mission of God in the world. And the mission of God is to redeem and reconcile everything to him, including us, and to establish his kingdom on earth. Mission starts in the heart of God and flows it from there to us. God originates and culminates the mission. The mission can only be achieved through our, participa- through our participation in the mission of God by proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God to the ends of the world, in which there are many challenges, but ultimately joy. Jesus, after his resurrection and before his ascension, he commands his disciples by giving a great commission to them. And today we are all his disciples, and we are the recipients of Great Commission too. 
As we are the recipients of great commission, as we are his disciples, so we are to partake in this mission. We are to partake in this mission. Many times we read the great commission in Matthew uh, chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, but there is Johannine style of uh, great commission that says, uh, John chapter 20, verse 21. It says that, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus, by giving us this great commission to us, he made us co-missionaries with him in this world. As he came into this world, he is sending us into this world to be part of his great commission. And so that we need to uh, partake in this mission by becoming co-missionaries with him. And how can we become missional as we are the co-missionaries with him, as we are the recipients of great commission? How can we be missional? The first thing that we need to uh, do is to become missional is to recognize the need for the gospel around us. We need to recognize the need for the gospel around us. Verse 44, it says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When Paul and Barnabas were ministering at Antioch, the Holy Spirit set them apart and sent them to send on the mission. So the church at Antioch sent these Paul and Barnabas to uh, do missions in different places. So Paul and Barnabas were going from one place to another place, and they came to uh, Antioch in Pisidia. So there are two Antiochs in Acts chapter 13, uh, one in Syria and one in Pisidia. That's why uh, in this verse it is called Pisidian Antioch. Uh, so Paul and Barnabas came here. When they came here, they entered into the synagogue and started preaching the gospel. And then after they finished preaching the gospel, people were after them asking them to come back and preach again the gospel on the next Sabbath. So Paul and Barnabas came back again on the next Sabbath to this church, to the synagogue, uh, started preaching the word of the Lord. So the movement that we see that the people were asking them to come again and preach the gospel is that people are eager to hear the gospel. There are many people around us who wants to hear the gospel and who need to hear the gospel. So as the partakers of God's mission, we are to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the people around us. So there are many people who are in need. If we see in India, there are like 664,000 villages and only a couple hundred villages heard the gospel. A couple hundred thousand villages heard the gospel. There are still 400,000 villages in India who have not heard the gospel yet. So there is great need. If you think only in India, especially think about the countries in the um, uh, 1040 window, there are 57 countries where the gospel is very less spread, very less spread. There is so much need in this place. So there is so much need for the gospel around us, not just locally, but globally. And so as we are the... Uh, as we are the recipients of the Great Commission, so we need to partake in this mission and 
be missional and proclaim the good news of the gospel. So in order to be missional, so we need to recognize the need for the gospel around us. We need to recognize the need for the gospel around us. So Paul and Barnabas, for them to travel from one place to another place, they recognized the need for the gospel around them. Jesus, when he came into this world, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God, traveling from one place to another place, from one village to another village. So all the disciples did the same thing. So everybody was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God from going to one place to another place because they recognized the need around them. You may not be called to go from one place to another place and proclaim the gospel, but you are called to proclaim the gospel where you are today, where you are located, where you work, where you spend your time with. So we need to recognize the need and preach the gospel. And the next thing, the model of the missions, model of the missions in current missions, we see two models of missions. One is incarnational, and uh, second one is attractional. Message Bible translates John chapter verse one, uh, chapter one verse fourteen as the Word became flesh and blood and moved into neighborhood. So incarnational means that we live a life of Christ-likeness in our neighborhoods, wherever we are, reflecting Christ in and through us and participating in the mission of God by proclaiming the good news. And attractional means we create some events and uh, welcome people to come into our places and have fellowship with us, and then we share the gospel. Uh, but the difference between uh, incarnational and attractional is that one is that you go where people are, and the another one is you in, bring in where people, where you are. Uh, so Christian faith is intrinsically incarnational, and we are called to some form of incarnational expression of faith because mission is always conditioned by that act where God reacted out to us in a meaningful way when he moved into our neighborhoods. So as we are also moved into our neighborhood, it is our duty to be incarnational wherever we are and to express our faith in an incarnational way by being Christ's disciples and by reflecting Christ-likeness in and through us to the people around us and share the gospel with them and share the love of God with them. So Paul and Barnabas, they traveled from one place to another place. So they did not create events and invite the people where they are, but instead they travel to different places. I'm not saying uh, attractional model is uh, not good, but so we have to go to the people where they are, where they are in need and where they, uh, where, wherever they are. So we have to be incarnational. Often people think, I mean, how can we share the gospel? If I share the gospel, what would the people think? How would they respond to me? And how would they treat me afterwards if they reject uh, the gospel or if they don't agree with me? So do not worry about anything, anything. Disciples went from one place to another place, even Paul and Barnabas here, they went to one place to another. Uh, that tells that they're not ashamed of anything, and we are. We should not be ashamed of proclaiming the gospel to our neighbors, to our 
family members, to our friends and colleagues. So we should not be ashamed of sharing the gospel. So whatever the model you take, proclaim the gospel. And the third thing, opposition to the gospel. Opposition to the gospel. As there are people who are in need of the gospel and who would like to listen to the gospel, hear the gospel, there are also people who would want to oppose the gospel. There are always people around us who wants to hear the gospel, also who wants to oppose the gospel. Verse 45. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. In the first phase, they all were attracted to the gospel. They all were encouraged by this gospel. They asked Paul and Barnabas to come back again and to teach them. But when they came back again, when, the whole, when, they, uh, when they saw that the whole city gathered, they were filled with jealousy. They were filled with jealousy. And they started opposing the gospel work that Paul and Barnabas were doing. So when we proclaim the gospel, there will be a lot of people who would oppose the gospel. The opposition to the gospel work is different uh, here uh, than in India. Here you have like atheism, liberalism, relativism, all sorts of isms that can contradict to the gospel and oppose the gospel. But in India, so there are different forms of uh, opposition. So I come from one of the uh, states in uh, India. It is called Andhra Pradesh. So the, uh, there are many oppositions in my state and throughout the country. I would like to share some of them. Uh, you see in these pictures that people are trying to beat the pastor and demolish the churches and burn the Bibles. So all sorts of things, even kill the pastors. So India is a um, country that is getting very hostile to Christianity uh, and the ministry. And I, will, uh, I think it will be like China in very few years because uh, there are many Hindu extremist groups that are coming out and uh, they are all supported by our Indian government, uh, current Indian government, and they are all coming out and uh, they are trying to stop the missions work. They are trying to stop the gospel work in India. Uh, they, what they are doing nowadays is that they come as a group and they go to different villages. They are spread around the country. Uh, they go to different places and then uh, they hire young people by giving them the smartphones, very costly smartphones, uh, where these young people could never able to um, purchase a phone like that. But these Hindu extremists grow, go to these villages, hire these young people by providing these smartphones and whatever they need, uh, and then they will ask them to report wherever the gospel work is going on. And when these young people find that there is a gospel work going on in that village or uh, surrounding those villages, they report to these Hindu extremist groups. These groups would come as a mob and they stop the gospel work there. They threaten the pastor. Sometimes they even beat the pastor. And uh, they destroy the gospel meeting there. There is another form that, uh, that these Hindu extremist groups are doing nowadays is that they 
printed some books against the Bible and against Christianity. Um, they include uh, very difficult questions uh, to ask to these pastors where these pastors are not able to answer the questions. They take the proof text from the Bible, just like um, uh, passages uh, like uh, where God commands Israelites to go and kill all the Amalekites, including their uh, children and women, uh, passages like this. They take these passages and print in these books and they uh, show that the Christianity is not a good religion, nor the God of the Bible is not a good God. He's a monster, something like that. And they also print some uh, difficult questions for pastors. So whenever there is a gospel meeting going on, so these Hindu extremist groups would go to these churches or uh, wherever the gospel work is going on, they question the pastor, is this the God that you worship? Is this the God that you believe that these people needed? And these pastors don't have an answer to say because they are, have a great passion to do ministry, but they don't have right resources or uh, right training. And sometimes... When the pastor don't listen to these people, they go on um, preaching the gospel. Pastors go on preaching the gospel, so the, they give them death threats. Sometimes even they will kill them overnight. You see in those pictures, they were beating a pastor and they were beating some gospel workers. So there is so much of mob justice. There is so much of lynching in India. So we need your prayers. We need your prayers. But, but, despite, all, despite of all these challenges, despite of all these challenges, despite of all the opposition that comes in, God wor God's work still continues. The gospel still spreads. The gospel still changes the lives of the people in India and in different parts of the world. So when you share the gospel with some people around you, you might get opposition, but don't be discouraged. When you keep on getting the rejection from the people when you share the gospel, but don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Keep on sharing the gospel. Because the mission belongs to God. The mission belongs to God. We are partakers in this mission. It is the God's work. So we are just partaking in his work. So when the opposition came, so they kept on proclaiming the gospel. And then when the time came that they expelled them from the from their region, verse 51. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. So when these people were stopping and opposing the gospel work, so the, they did what all they could do to proclaim the gospel. At the end, they shook their feet off as a warning to them. It's a figurative way of saying, a metaphorical way of saying that we did what all we can do, and we have no responsibility over you. So we have shared the gospel. That's our part, and you are now responsible 
But they did not stop there. They went to different place. They went to Iconium and they started proclaiming the gospel again. So when we face opposition, we should not stop sharing the gospel with our folks around us. We should continue to share the gospel. Fourth one, proclaiming the gospel with boldness. When they faced this opposition, they did not stop. What they did was they rather spoke more boldly. Verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. Verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. So Paul and Barnabas were speaking boldly, confronting the rejection and sin. His claim to uh, return to Gentiles is meant in a local context, but uh, it's not in a, uh, a global context. Because in later chapters, we see Paul again going into synagogues and preaching the gospel again. So when he said, we now turn to Gentiles, it means that he's uh, meaning it locally, but not uh, entire, entirely. Because there is opposition, so we should not stop preaching the gospel. So in Acts of the Apostles, we see in many places that where disciples were uh, threatened and warned not to preach the gospel in the name of Jesus, not to preach uh, in the name of Jesus, but when they faced these warnings, when they faced these oppositions, what they did was they preached more boldly. For example, Acts chapter 4 Peter and John, when they were warned and they were put in prison, they did not stop preaching. They continued to preach. They continued to preach. So we should not be silenced. We should not be kept quiet or stop proclaiming the gospel when we face the opposition. Rather, we should find our strength in the Lord and continue to share the gospel with our people around us. Because there are many people who are in need of the gospel that you may not know. There are many people who would like to listen to the gospel. And the fifth, results of the mission. Results of the mission. So in this passage, we see there are five results of the mission. First one, people believed in the gospel. Although there are people who opposed the gospel, there are still people who believed the gospel. Second, they were glad and rejoiced over the gospel. Third, they honored the word of the Lord. Fourth, the gospel was spread throughout the whole region. And fifth, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So when you proclaim the gospel, you see all these results. All these results. There are people who believed in the gospel, who believed in the gospel. So when they proclaimed the gospel, so they honored the Lord, and the gospel spread throughout the region, throughout the region. It might be only Paul and Barnabas who started proclaiming this gospel. It might be only you who are proclaiming the gospel in your place, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, but 
when you start proclaiming the gospel, the gospel would spread because it is power. It's power of God will not be silent. It works. God works in the lives of the people. Many of you know my uh, story. I think uh, many of you also don't know my story. I think it is appropriate for me to share the um, uh, story about God. Uh, uh, God has done in my life, uh, in my family's life. I was born and brought up in a Hindu family, and uh, uh, we were very pious Hindu people, very extreme, extremist people in Hinduism, and we served the Hindu deities very fervently. We never liked Christ, nor Christianity. We always hated. My father always used to mock at the Christians who passed by him. Life was going on very good, and one day my father had an accident, and he went to coma. He was in coma for a month. He was in coma for a month. By this one month, my mom went to all the Hindu temples, made oaths and vows, saying that if you save my husband, I will offer this for you, I will sacrifice this for you. But none of them came to rescue my father. After a month, doctors came one fine evening and gave the final report that he's not going to live anymore. You can take him back home. He's going to die soon. That was the final report of the doctors after a month. By this, my mom lost hope in all the Hindu deities. She did not have any hope because nobody came to rescue my dad. We served them all of our lives. On that night... My mom started crying, not knowing what to do. But God saw us. God saw us. God recognized the uh, hope of the gospel that we needed on that night. So God sent my aunt to us, to my mother. My aunt came to my mother and uh, shared gospel with my mom on that night. You have been serving all these gods all your life. But nobody came to rescue your husband. Why can't you try Jesus? He is able to save your husband. If he saves, you can serve him all the days of your life. That was my aunt's plea to my mom on that night. And she shared the gospel with my mom. My mom, as she had no hope in Hindu gods and goddesses, she... As the only hope, she accepted my aunt's plea on that night and started crying to Jesus on that night, not knowing how to pray. She prayed a simple prayer like this, Jesus, you are not our God, but I still come to you. In India, we have a notion that Jesus is not our God. Jesus is a Westerner's God. Because many missionaries come from West to India to share the gospel. That's the notion that everybody has in India non-Christians. So they believe that uh, Jesus is a Westerner's God. And that is the notion that we also had on, at that time. So my mom prayed, Jesus, you are not our God, but still I come to you. If, if you save my husband, we will serve you all the days of our lives. That was the prayer my mom prayed. I don't know how long this God is waiting to hear my mom's cry. It's my Jesus heard my mom's cry on that night, and Jesus came right into my dad's room where he laid 
where he was laid for one month in coma, and Jesus took my father's right hand, woke him up, and made him to walk to the outer gate of the hospital, left him there promising, do not be afraid, I am with you. And my dad was completely normal and completely out of coma by the morning. And when doctors came to know about that, they were wondering about the report that they had given last night, and they testified it is the Lord's work whom you have trusted. If there were no one who could share the gospel on that night, if there were no one who could give the hope of the gospel on that night to us, we don't know where, would, where we would have been ended. We don't know how our lives would have been ended up. Because Jesus saw, God saw our need for the hope of the gospel, and he sent the gospel to us. Today, today, if you see people around you who are in need of gospel, who did not hear the gospel and who would want to hear the gospel, who are in need of the hope of the gospel, if you share, God will do mighty works through you. My aunt was the only one who shared the gospel on that night, and God did a great miracle in our lives and saved our lives. And today I'm here sharing God's goodness in our lives. And our lives were filled with joy. We rejoiced. Our lives turned a beautiful turn. And our lives were filled with joy of the gospel, joy of the Lord. And we had hope. And if you share the gospel today, wherever you are, in your neighborhood, to your relatives, to your friends, God can still work as he worked in our lives. God can still change the lives as he changed our lives. So the results of the gospel were they filled with, the God, they filled with joy. They honored the word of the Lord. And the gospel was spread throughout the region. Not just we came to Christ, not just our family came to Christ by the proclamation of the gospel on that night with the God's miracle in our lives. There were many people through us, through our family, who came to Christ when we shared the gospel. Although there are many people who opposed the gospel, many people who opposed we becoming Christians, but still there are many people who also came to Christ. The gospel was spread through us in our region, in our place, among our family members, among our friends. Likewise, when you share the gospel, when you share the gospel, people, people's lives will be changed and the gospel will spread. My hope for you is that you be encouraged by the gospel work locally and globally, and you be encouraged to share the gospel with your people around you, wherever you are, in your neighborhoods, in your workplace, in your colleges or schools, wherever you work, share the gospel, proclaim the gospel, and God will change the lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the work of salvation in our lives. Thank you for giving us the great commission and making us co-missionaries with you in this world. As the recipients of great commission, Lord, 
as you have sent us into this world, as you have sent us into our neighborhoods, help us to reflect Christ-likeness to the people around us. Help us to show the gospel. Help us to show your love in and through us to the people around us. And help us not to be ashamed of the gospel. Help us not to be ashamed to proclaim the gospel. Rather, help us to proclaim the gospel with boldness. Even if we receive rejection, opposition, but help us to keep continuing to share the gospel through our folks around us. And help us to see the need for the gospel in this world, not just locally, but globally. And help us to become partners of this mission. And help us to spread the gospel around us and to the ends of this world. And you encourage us, Lord. You bless us. And you protect all of us from the COVID and whatever is happening in this world. You continue to be with us. You bless us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our Savior is a congregation located in Wheeling, Illinois. Our vision can be summed up in four words. Building community, bringing Christ. To learn more about this vision and our hope for our neighborhood, visit us online at os.efc.org.